Good day, everyone, and welcome to Aina Boss, the only leadership podcast for highly stressed out students. My name's Aaron. And I'm JR. It's good to be back. Good to good see to you, JR. You again, Aaron. Yeah. So today we'll be talking about episode two, leading yourself through the pandemic. And I believe this is a very relatable topic. I know I can relate to it. I've been a student leader for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing lots of um, adjustment, lots of struggle mm-hmm. for my fellow students and fellow leaders as well in the midst of this pandemic. So things like internet connection, yep. Zoom fatigue, one meeting after the other. Oh, yeah. And even... My gosh. Even our... <laughs> And even our previous coping mechanisms, such as talking to friends, those are luxuries that we, we don't have right now yep. in, the, mm-hmm. in the current situation. Yeah, and not to mention, I think, like the modules, the shift in learning, it, it's really very different. Uh, most of you guys, I would know, uh, had a hard time at first, like how to adjust to that. And some of them are actually even now like, oh, I hate this, like... I don't want to do this anymore, like the modules. <laughs> I want to go to classes or whatever. So yeah, that's still, I'm, but it's already a year and uh, things are not yet uh, different, I guess. Yeah, and speaking mm-hmm. of necessary adjustments, just came to mind just now of a story I remember. It was a student who made that pretty drastic change in his um, educational uh, routine. He, he used to go to school, but now he treks for miles to look for internet connection. It, and it just speaks that while um, mm-hmm. the experience, the adjusting to online setup might be different for each and every one of us, it is by by all means an unprecedented change yep, yep. in the course of this pandemic. And I think that guy who went on viral, I don't think that's an isolated case. So like, there's a ton of stories you know, on social media um, having the same kind of problem. I remember one of the guys that I'm mentoring uh, he's leading a group project uh, a few months ago. Uh, but this was also the time when the Typhoon Ulysses uh, mm-hmm. was ravaging uh, the Metro Manila. And then there was actually severe flooding. And one of his group mates got affected. And the work of that student just got wiped out. And of course, they had to like cope with the situation and attend to the family. What is he going to do, the guy that I'm mentoring? Oh, no. <laughs> like, what, how do I uh, proceed with the situation? And I think it's very, very difficult to navigate uh, these kinds of challenges on top of the pandemic. Uh, it's really compounding. So how do we deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. And if, if I may ask JR, now you're a youth mentor yourself, no? like we already mm-hmm. We introduced yourself, you introduced yourself in our last episode. But as a youth mentor, why do you think it's important for us students and leaders to talk about these kinds of things? And how do we talk about this in our current context? Yeah, I think one caveat, um, if mm-hmm. you are listening or if people will be listening to this months or a year from now, I hope pandemic is already over. <laughs> uh, but it's still worth processing what we've learned over the past year uh, and then but of course if you're listening right now uh there's still we're, we're still in the middle of yeah. it i don't know if there's an end in sight uh we can only hope um so how do we actually 
learn how, yeah, as you've said, like pivot, but take things into consideration. We've learned so far, this is not new to us, but how do we move forward? Uh, yeah. In a, on a positive note. Uh, so I think, of course, you said earlier, uh, different people would experience the pandemic differently. Therefore, we can't cover all the bases, all the areas uh, <laughs> where we think uh, student leaders uh, need to think about this. But I think there are three main areas that most of the student leaders would experience challenges in. And I think we can uh, have great conversation about that. Indeed. Yeah. Fire away, JR. All right. So I think we can start with um, mental health. So we're going to be talking about mental health. To be honest, Aaron, uh, this is a tricky yeah. topic to talk about. Uh, I think this is a very sensitive topic. Uh, but I think uh, we got to talk about this because this really affects many of us, uh, especially the student leaders out there who might be listening to us. So anyways, so I'll proceed uh, in our conversation. Sure. So many people would experience either anxiety, burnout, stress that take a toll, make a toll on uh, students. And they're brought about by different factors. So I'm interested actually... For you personally, how do you experience the effect of pandemic on your mental health? Mm. Yeah, uh, I think one of the things that really affected um my mental health during the pandemic was when I had to go home from Manila, mm -hmm. where I was studying, to the province. Now, I was just in the middle of establishing you know, a good routine in that semester. I think it was around yeah. March when I had to go home. Uh, and my habits oh were my actually gosh, I still pretty... remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One year ago. <laughs> oh it's been so fast. And I, I was actually in the midst of establishing some pretty good habits. And when I came home, uh -huh. without any um, certainty of what would happen next, everything just went to naught. Had to start afresh. And I, I remember yep. that time, uh, the education scene, how to proceed with the semester. It was kind of chaotic. And right. it all contributed mm -hmm. to um, my anxiety as well. And right. fortunately enough, although I was able to you know, establish some habits, uh, re some good routines later on, and I understand that not all student leaders might be in the same boat as I am. Yep, yep. Good, but good for you, yeah, Aaron. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, mm -hmm. But aside from that, I think one thing that we can all relate is that our coping mechanisms were different as well. So in my case, JR, I used to uh, cope with my mental health uh, struggles. Um, by bonding with my friends, so taking time to socialize uh, mm -hmm. in, in physical setups, you know, it's really different when you're yeah. face to face with the people you trust, the people you love. And right, yeah, right. and right now. And of course, your situation might be different because mm -hmm. there in your province, yeah. <laughs> you guys have, like, I think, a lesser, um, what do you call that? Um, restrictions maybe yeah. compared to here in uh, Manila that it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult yeah yeah. anyways go ahead yeah, and some of our, my friends are thousands of kilometers away from me so while, while I wanted to do that I, I really couldn't and, and yeah. you know losing that support group that daily support group that you've used you've, um, you're used to leaning on 
every day of your student life, it's, it's, it takes a toll on you. And mm-hmm. I guess one more thing that I just thought of right now that really affected my, my mental health are small issues like when you're in the middle of the class and then suddenly you lose internet and you have to ask yep. uh, the prof if you could retake a particular quiz or submit a bit late. Those yeah. things, while they might seem uh, small at first, if they add up, man, it's, it's really hard yeah. to cope with those kinds of stuff. How, how many quizzes have you missed because of the internet? Oh my, uh, I think, I, I just, I, I'll just leave it at, it's more than my fingers in one hand. Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. I guess that's one of the cons of being in the province as well. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe. Um, yeah, so speaking of that, uh, there are other things that would affect the mental health of our student leaders, especially for those who are leading their organization. Uh, I remember our organization had to figure out uh, how to do Zoom well, uh, but not yeah. all of our organizations uh, were able to actually jump in right away. So it's it's... It's really hard for many of the student leaders navigating that. Uh, but I think there's also a part of us, the idea of like not being in control, of powerlessness, maybe anxiety of what's happening. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into politics here, but uh, we're all affected by how things are going. Yeah. Uh, how things are being handled and how things are being done that may not be in our control, but we're affected by that. And some people might receive that much more heavily than the others, but definitely they're all affecting us. Uh, yeah, so and the idea of like connection, where, which we're going to talk about it later, uh, the whole idea of like friendship, not being able to see as as you've mentioned, I think there's there's a big, big, big impact on mental health challenges. Uh, so how do we navigate that? How do we deal with that? Uh, in what in the book of Stephen Covey. Mm there's a principle, uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. The first habit there is uh, being proactive. And the principle that you're sharing is the idea of let's be proactive in uh, noticing the response rate to certain stimuli. For example, okay, so I, if I throw you the ball from here, from Manila to <laughs> your province, <laughs> to Jensa. Uh, if I throw you a ball, how much time are you actually going to be able to like, okay, come up with your response? Yeah. Are you going to f- uh, shy away? Are you going to dock? Or are you going to catch it? Uh, whatever. So he's saying that there's a lot of stimuli out there and our tendency is to react. Mm-hmm. So meaning like we just naturally we react to different things but he's saying there's still a time for us to make an appropriate response so that we can do something about that situation yeah what am i talking about okay uh so there's the idea of circle of concern and circle of influence so like say we got a problem uh 
And that's our concern. And most of those things would affect us and take a toll on us, uh, would give us stress uh, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we're just focusing too much on that. And then we're not able to respond well to those stimuli or to those concerns. Yeah. Am I still making sense? Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's saying, but we fail to pay attention to our circle of influence, meaning what we're able to actually have power over, the things that we can control and we can navigate so that we can respond to the concern. So, for, so what are those? Most likely, or most often than not, uh, those are the things that are uh, what we're able to feel, what we're able to process with our minds, and what we're able to like do something about. That's our circle of influence. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, we get a pandemic, and we're anxious uh, that there's rising cases yeah. again. And many people would find it very alarming and it's really disheartening. And the emotions would be sad, anger, whatever. Uh, but, and that's taking a toll on our stress level. And, but we fail to pay attention also. Okay, so how am I going to do, how am I going to deal with this? So most of the people would just tend to like, just react right away. Mm -hmm. and not able to process. So what Stephen Covey is saying like, oh, but let's pay attention to the things that are within our control. So, okay, my control is would be, okay, how am I going to feel about this? Yeah, I feel sad or I feel anger. Why am I angry? And then what am I going to do with this anger? And then objectively, what are the things that I can do so that I can actually help and... Uh, Easy yeah, yeah. Do something about the pandemic. Yeah. So most likely that would be like, okay, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to wear PPEs wherever I go. I'm not going to go out uh, when, if I really don't need to. Things like that. And then how else are we actually able to address the problem? Because it's our concern, but we also have a certain kind, a certain circle of influence only. Of course, what I'm saying here, Aaron is for many students, uh, this might not be helpful because they're going to need much more help. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Indeed, in terms yeah. of like alleviating or dealing with their mental health challenges. Uh, but for many of us, I think this will be a helpful principle to say, uh, what's my circle of concern? And it's really very difficult for me. Uh, but what's my circle of Influence. Yeah. What's my power here? What's, what's that thing that's within me that I can actually do something about? Uh, do you see something similar in your experience? Like maybe in your internet problems, like, okay, so that's your circle of concern. What's your circle of influence? Well, I, I've been thinking about it when you mentioned about the circle of influence. Mm -hmm. And I really can't do anything about the internet providers. That's their role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's out of my hands. But I guess one small thing that I can do uh, to, you know, mm -hmm. quite alleviate some of the anxiety is messaging my professors ahead of time already yeah. that in my, in my province or in where I am staying right now, uh, we tend to get interruptions quite a, quite a lot. Right. 
Well, mm-hmm. and so maybe that would allow them to see that it's 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 a recurring thing, and they might mm-hmm. be more inclined to exercise some kind of leniency. Hopefully, uh, for me. Uh, yeah. So I think I guess I guess that's one thing that I could readily influence uh, from the start. Yeah, and of course we're thankful for many professors, indeed, uh, and teachers who are actually understanding uh, with the situation. I think most of them are also experiencing the same for thing. Sure. In the middle of their lecture, their their laptop is gonna conk out, or their internet's really not gonna work. So, yeah. Another thing that might be helpful is uh, part of our circle of influence would be our expectation. Mm. So we can actually manage our expectation with regard to say like internet. Like I know it's gonna, it's not gonna work all the time. Yeah. So I'm not gonna expect that everything will work out perfectly. So I can come up with like say certain plan A, plan B, plan C when internet sucks. Uh, but for the most part, we can also just manage like this happens and therefore I can actually uh, check my emotions and how I'm going to feel about this and uh, process this. Things are just not in our control. Indeed. One pitfall though, Aaron, is when we think that, uh, so how do we know that we have circle of influence on different things? Uh, I hope that this will not be an excuse for many student leaders to say like, ah, like, okay, I don't have power over this. Uh, so it's, it would be good to actually be objective, like say, and be really honest. Like, can you do something about this? Yeah. Um, and if you can do something about that, then might as well do your part. Yeah. Uh, that will also help your mental health uh, to see something productive and see certain results when you're actually doing your part. But what I'm saying here is, uh, yeah, let's identify the concern and then let's identify the influence. Where is it merging? And then I think that will be a helpful principle to lessen burnout or lessen anxiety and stress among our friends out there listening. All right. So I'm just going to quote Stephen Covey (laughs) again here. Uh, Again, it's a principle on our habit of being proactive. And he says here, as long as we are working in our circle of concern, if I may add, circle of concern only, we empower the things within it to control us. We aren't taking the proactive initiative necessary to affect positive change. It is only when we work in our circle of influence, when we focus on our own paradigms, that we begin to create a positive energy that change ourselves. So by working on ourselves instead of worrying about conditions, we are able to also influence the Mm. conditions. So I think that's a pretty good summary of what we've talked about. Yeah. Okay, so uh, second area that I think Aaron uh, would be good for us to pay attention to mm-hmm. would be connections. Wow. <laughs> what do I mean by connection? Of course, our interaction with people. Uh, student leaders uh, find this very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, connecting to the people that they're leading, their org mates, not to mention their friends, of course. Uh, but there's a serious challenge in terms of like, how do we move on projects? 
how do we lead our people if mm-hmm. we're not able to see them face to face? I I experience this myself. Like, uh, how do I know if my people actually trust? the vision or where I'm taking them. Yeah. If you don't actually get to meet face to face. Yeah. So how do you experience this yourself? Yeah. So it it really does take a lot of brain space thinking about how to lead mm-hmm. your people without you getting to fully um explaining what you want, your vision yep. is. And so mm-hmm. in my case, uh, I've been, when leading a team, I usually take the time before you just used to meet in, as a team, as a whole team. But now, it's yep. more about cascading the vision to each individual member, you know. And it takes up a lot of brain space while it's right. while it's for the benefit of a team. For student leaders, it might be the case that um, there's lots mm-hmm. more to think about. There's lots more to consider each and every member. Is she get, he or she getting yep. it? She or she okay mm-hmm. with the workload? And things like those that could have been alleviated or at least addressed in physical meetings yep. It really mm-hmm. isn't the same unless everyone's comfortable with the online setup. And yep. Yep. that's just a luxury that most of the time we don't have. Yeah, and I think it's quite an extra work also. Indeed. Uh, and so the tendency of many student leaders uh, or you know leaders in general is to be disengaged from connecting to people. Uh, so the, the tendency is like, I, I don't want to do this to yeah. everybody. So might as well, like, I'm just going to go for the projects, do the things that I need to do and not care about what other people would think mm-hmm. or, like, not care about the team anymore uh, because it's just quite a work. Like, I don't want to talk to many people about uh, their opinions on this. So suddenly, meetings get a lot harder. Yeah. So anyways, so I think it's a very, very valid concern. And that's their tendency. So they get tired and then they get disengaged uh, with their relationships in the team. So as you've said. Uh, So many people, I think now the question is, why people find it? Why would people Mm -hmm. find it very, very hard to connect to people? Why is it very exhausting? And then... Um, and then it's actually just now understandable if they disengage. Yeah. So we don't want that because I think it's still very important for us to connect to people. Uh, so how do we do that? No. Uh, but just to give you certain examples here. So there are certain researches how the pandemic is shaping our social interaction. Uh, so for some people, relate other relationships just get um, not really forgotten, but set aside. Mm-hmm. So it says some of the studies here would say when social interactions moved online, only certain kinds of relationships seem to survive. Uh, unlike face-to-face, you're going to interact with many yeah. people naturally. You're going to see them on campus. You're going to see them in different places, different functions, organization, meetings, and whatnot. But here, you need to be very, very proactive in meeting with people because you just don't have those kinds of settings anymore. Am I making sense? Yeah, so far you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, 
So that's one effect. So it's just quite a work. You can't do it to everybody. And then um, the idea also of trust in online connections is very, very important. Mm -hmm. For sure. But it's very different compared to um, face-to-face conversation. So another TED Talker, a psychologist, psychologist, her name is uh, Susan Pinker. Uh, Her study on uh, the secret to living longer may be your social life (laughs) said something about, uh, you know, sometimes you don't pay attention to social life, our interaction, but it it gets highlighted because of the pandemic. So in one of the interviews, uh, she said, even like... uh, Seeing the white of the, the white eye. part of your eye, yeah, uh, it's very very important uh, in terms of like connection and even trusting that person that you're talking to. Not to mention the gestures. Like, is that person actually see, meaning what he or she is saying and whatnot? So, it's very very different. And then the whole idea of uh, sense of touch. A tap in the back, um, the warmth of a hug, <laughs> or a high five, or a shake hands would do would make a big difference uh, on relationships and connection to your team. You kind of like you know you belong to a team, or you you feel like you belong to that team when there's actually actual uh, physical touch, yeah. where you're able to like even just like high five. It does something in our brain. Uh, that's very, very crucial. In fact, um, researchers uh, <laughs> would say, researchers. would say, yes, would say that um, when we have those kinds of interaction, uh, there's also a flooding of neurochemicals. So um, one chemical would be serotonin, uh, that would inspire trust and would inspire the feeling of I belong in this theme or in this situation when we have those kinds of physical affection yeah. or interaction. Without that, dopamine kicks in. So it's also a chemical naman that would make you alert and defensive. So it's very... Exhausting <laughs> to have that kind of surge of dopamine in your brain uh, because you always have to be alert. Like, am I, am I being heard here? Am I uh, being trusted? Uh, do, am I able to ask their opinion and, and involve everybody? Which is very, very difficult. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. yeah I was just saying, uh, with everything that you just said, uh, I, just, I just had one question in mind. So with sure. all of that said... Uh, mm-hmm. Can we quantify or at least say that these digital interactions are perfect substitutes for our, you know, physical interactions, the things that we used to have in the past? Yeah. Um, So Susan Pinker would argue that it's still not the same. You just can't replace, mainly because of the neurochemical thing that mm-hmm. uh, is uh, working in our brains. But 
of course, it's still better compared to nothing. The idea of like there's a TED a radio hour episode on loneliness where she was interviewed and uh, it's very real more than ever. And so she's saying that, of course, this is still better to have something like an interaction online yeah. compared to having nothing. None of in all. fact, in fact, it, this is better compared to just connecting to people through f- social media like Facebook or whatnot because that's very static. Yeah. Like you just don't have conversations there. Therefore, it just makes you actually more depressed and much more comparing because you don't know the context of what's happening in the social media uh, setting. So she's arguing that it's actually somehow still better to have conversations, connections online instead of having nothing. But it's still different. So she's saying that it would be good for, like, say, okay, um, have uh, lessened the lags. Sometimes we experience this also. It's very frustrating. (laughs) But if you can minimize that, that would be... (laughs) That would be better uh, for the conversation to be smoother, but also to be much more peaceful. Uh, the closer, the better. Like mm-hmm. you're able to connect to people. Although this one, this works a little bit differently compared to like say in a crowd. Because now the effect of the zoom on crowd is like you feel like everybody's looking at, looking you, at you. Because yeah. you see their faces. Where in fact, in uh, face-to-face, when you talk to People, it's just like a big blob of ice, but yeah. they, you don't necessarily feel that they're staring at you. So it's different. But when it comes to like connection to people, it's more important to have like okay, it's closer, and I'm really able to like see that. See this? The white of the ice. <laughs> the white of the ice. Uh, so things like that, and then the whole gesture, you're able to like communicate that. So I think uh, it's still different, but it, that makes it a lot. Better to compensate for the loss. Okay, so one principle here that it would be good for us to think about, it's exhausting because we're thinking, nah, I can't do that to everybody. Uh, So might as well not make an effort. So Andy Stanley now would argue to say that um, it's actually not right to think that way. Mm -hmm. So one healthy principle is do for one what you can't do for everyone. So again, do for one what you can't do for everyone. So if you want to be connected to people, at least like do for one person. Connect with that person for your own sake, but also for that person's sake. Person's sake. Yeah, so it's good for your organization that you're able to do that. And then as you're able to do a little bit more and more as time goes by, uh, I think that will also make a ripple effect and it will create a, a very, very positive change and sure. impact on your organization. Sure. So that's it for connection. Last area, Aaron. Yeah, definitely not the least. <laughs> yeah, I think this is actually very crucial for many people. Uh, among the guys that I'm mentoring, I think this is one, this is, I think, the most significant thing. Mm-hmm. And this area is personal order. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Uh, so what's that? What do we mean by personal order? 
basically the ability to take responsibilities, uh, to do the things that you need to do. So if you need to be studying at that particular time, then you should be able to study. Yeah. Um, but of course, there are also a ton of other responsibilities that you guys experience now that you are more at home. So suddenly you realize like parents giving you errands to do <laughs> and they are actually responsibilities that you need to attend to. And how do you juggle that? How do you keep things afloat? And how do you uh, navigate the whole idea of like, oh my gosh, this is, uh, I'm f I feel so lazy. There's no structure. Uh, how can you relate to that? But I mentioned earlier that there was a time that I had to restart, like a complete wipe out of my yep, old yep. routines, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. it was hard. in In Filipino, we call it nangangapapa tayo. Eh, mm -hmm. But it was really a struggle for me, especially in the earlier parts of this yep. new situation that we are in, mm -hmm. to establish good habits and to yep. you know actually uh, press on with what I'm supposed to do at any given time. And it it took quite a long time, and I'm pretty sure. Um, it's it's been different for other yep. student leaders as well. What's one example, Aaron, in your case that you experienced yeah. this like concretely, like uh, she's like maybe getting up early or um, not watching Netflix. I don't know. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> it, it definitely would have been related to studying. Uh, okay. Most of my subjects actually, uh, last sem and even this mm -hmm. sem, were of asynchronous mode. So we just had to watch lectures. And it could be right. really distracting having all of these games beside me, this, yeah. this Netflix, or mm -hmm. even going out of the house to buy food. Um, these things could, you know, uh, easily, uh, easily distracted me uh, from yep. actually watching these videos. And it made sense. It We aren't used to watching these long videos yep. or series of videos, especially yeah. if it's not binge watching Netflix. Right. And I think you can, because you just have time and then you have the resource to multitask yeah. or you think you can multitask. <laughs> so, for example, there's a story of this trending guy getting distracted while on class yeah. <laughs> and getting caught playing a video game. Uh, the famous Get That 30, bro. <laughs> uh, we don't want to put down that guy. But it, I mean, to be honest, um, who among here can't relate to that yeah, person. For sure. I think we're all affected by the idea of like, oh, sheesh, there's a lot of distraction and I just can't focus on one thing. Uh, so that's very real. All right. So how do we deal with this, Aaron? This personal order thing. Just to just to make sure, JR, hindi to yung order in McDonald's or in Jollibee, right? <laughs> just kidding. Ah, 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 I see you, I see you. <laughs> so uh, there will be more jokes coming your way. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be as funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I still respect you and I dearly love you. <laughs> kidding. Anyway, so let's uh, move forward. So how do we deal with this? Uh, there's another TED Talk uh, that I stumbled upon actually years ago. Her TED Talk became a big thing as well. I think in 2013, I'm not so sure, so we can put that in the show notes. 
Uh, her name is Angela Duckworth. Mm. And she studied on, like, say she would go to different places, West Point, um, spelling bee contests. And then she's going to look at, like, okay, who, who's successful here and why they're successful? In all these studies, she found out that there's one common trait among these people who are actually succeeding. And this is called grit. Ooh. And grit, she would define as the passion and perseverance for long-term goals. Big word. Big word. <laughs> but yeah, but I think that makes sense. Uh, and why is this uh, a good principle for us in, in the time of pandemic? Of course, there are a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. Studying is hard. And we acknowledge that. We don't want to dampen the effect of that. But we also realize that we still need to go forward, deal with this, and handle these distractions as we're able to. Yeah. But being able to stick with our long-term goals would be very, very key in handling these problems or challenges. So the grit would give you certain passion, but also the stamina to stick around or stick to your goals. Mm -hmm. Am I still making sense? Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, okay. So how does this look like? Um, with a change of pandemic, as you've said, you needed to unlearn many things, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so that we can cope with the new situation. Uh, what could you... Refresh me again, like what were the things that you needed to unlearn? Yeah, so mostly my study habits. Uh, in school, mm -hmm. I used to go to the library a lot for my studying. Okay. But yeah. um, here at home, we don't have the luxury of like those resources at your, at, just in front of you. So there's, yeah. there's a lot like more. Like the quiet, yeah. the quiet place or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot okay. more time being spent in front of the screen trying to understand each video. Um, because... Right. You really can't uh, go outside of what the prof uh, has for you in the curriculum or okay. else get lost. Yeah. Yeah. So if I may ask, how long did it take you to actually make necessary adjustments? Like to unlearn wow. things and then to learn uh, different things to adjust. Yeah. It was quite a long time, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, especially since, in my case, my university, we didn't have... Um, we discontinued the SEM that was cut short by the pandemic. So um, right. when it came to the first SEM of this academic year, uh, I actually took a few months. Uh, I don't okay. know how, how many months exactly, but it definitely lasted for a few months. So yeah. Okay. So a few months, uh, what? One month, two months, actually, three months? The figure's around nearer to three than it is to one. Okay. Around three right. months is a safe bet. Yeah. Right. The reason why I'm asking, because I think it would take you six to eight weeks to build a habit. Yeah. Uh, and that's necessary because when we think about coping with the different changes, we need to unlearn things. Mm -hmm. So we need to unlearn that habit. But we also need to replace that with different habits. So like say it's hard for you to study. And therefore, you need certain habits so that you can uh, replace like say... Gaming yeah. or Netflix binge watching, <laughs> whatever. So having said that, uh, it would be important for us that the concept of grit would be, okay, is the long-term goal important to you? Mm -hmm. 
do you want to be successful in say like uh, maintaining your organization, the goals of your organization? Would this be important to you? It's not uh, it's not enough that you're just thinking that oh this matters to me and then you don't decide. So it's important also. Uh, grit would make you decide, okay, I'm going to do something about this. This is a problem for me, and I'm going to decide to deal with this. That's one step. Uh, thinking about the long-term goal. And then ability to follow through and to work hard, because like building a habit would take a lot of work, a lot of energy for you to stick to that. So it, it would be good for you to also like make a conscious effort to stay to follow through on your decisions. Yeah. A lot of people would tend to decide right away many things so that they can reach uh, their goal or they can address the problem. My recommendation or one principle actually of great is like, okay, focus on a few things that you can work on and then stick to it. And then if you fail, it's okay. Yeah. You make mistakes, get back at it again, and then see actually figure out what works for you uh, according to how you operate. Mm -hmm. So it can be flexible. It doesn't have to be like rigid. Oh, this is the only thing that I'm going to be doing. You can make adjustments. The, the, the important thing is there's growth in that area and you're able to keep on deciding to do that and follow through on that. Having the stamina would be important. Uh, passion would only take you as much as like your feelings or your motivations lead you. But the stamina, the perseverance would be very key. And that's learned by following through. Deciding each day, committing to those habits that you are uh, that you have decided. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um but I have a question. Mm -hmm. Like Sure. How do how do we how do we experience grit? How do we build grit for situations say that there isn't. Uh -huh. There really isn't any growth. Do students, student leaders, is it better for student leaders to just say, "I'm gonna focus on something else," or would it yep. be better for them to continue pushing forward in the hopes of growth? Right. Yeah. So Angela Duckworth actually mentioned about this. Like, it, this is still a continuing study. Like, nobody yeah. knows, or like people are asking him. So, okay, how do I grow on uh, grit? She would say, like. Uh, I don't know. But one thing that could probably affect uh, people to develop grit in the different fields or different decisions that or long-term goals that they have would be the idea of growth mindset. Mm -hmm. So like there were a lot more students uh, who would experience challenges and failure. And then when they actually studied how, how the brain works and how the brain changes because of those like thinking patterns uh, that influence also okay I'm gonna plow this through mm -hmm. because this is not the end like the failure or the challenges is not the end point my brain would actually adapt and then the, the neural pathways would help me actually cope with the situation there's possibility for progress and growth so like if you are under like a slump or you are stuck in a rut, uh, that's not the end of it. Mm -hmm. It's possible for you to get out of that and it ha something happens in your brain that would also help you uh, navigate behaviors, decisions, habits that would help you uh, move forward. And I think that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Like that's really going to build you up uh, to have like the idea of like, okay, this is not the end. I'm going to keep on learning. I'm going to keep on growing. I think that's that's a big thing for, for you to develop grit. Yeah. Right. 
Sounds great. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for the personal order. So let's just think about the grit mindset. Uh, that leads to growth mindset. Or the oh. growth mindset that will lead, lead, lead you to uh, grit. Yeah. Uh, as a student myself, that's currently experience, still experiencing problems mm-hmm. in these areas. I, f- I find it really helpful to grasp some of, some of those snippets that I'll definitely bring along with Great. me as I, as I lead. So things like uh, growth mindset leads to grit mindset and mm-hmm. do for one what you can do for everyone. Very easy to remember and yeah, yep. very insightful. Thank you for that, JR. Cool. And building on that, I just want to encourage everyone who's watching right now to take it one step at a time. Uh, you might be experiencing problems um, in these areas, just like me. And you might be experiencing it differently. Uh, we, we all experience mm-hmm. it differently. But I just want to encourage you that this is a process and that things take time. But wherever you are right now, it isn't too late to start making these kinds of commitments to your daily life or these kinds of decisions that would lead to a better leader and a better student in the future. Wherever you may be right now, you're doing fine. You're doing great. And things will work out fine in the end. So it's never too late. And I just want to send out all my encouragements to you guys. That's uh, nice. You're doing great wherever you are right now. Yeah. Nice, nice. Cool. And of course, we realize that this episode is really about uh, if we're leading other people uh, through a difficult time. We also want to make sure that we're leading ourselves first. That's in, because that's a leader who's able to lead him or herself well will be able to lead other people well. Yes, and this podcast has actually been very helpful for me. And if it, and if it helped you as well, which I hope it did, Make sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you might be listening to your podcast. And feel free to check us out on YouTube as well. Once again, this has been Ain't a Boss, the only leadership podcast for highly stressed out students. Have a great day. Nah. <laughs>